Welcome to episode 23 of Tip That Scale. In this episode, we're talking about talent acquisition and recruiting, the folks who are in those roles. On one side, you have the recruiters who are, they're employed and hiring for various positions throughout their organizations. On the other side though, you have recruiting professionals who were laid off, they're in the job market, and they are now navigating the hiring process. So what's going on with this HR function and where should they turn? What I'm seeing lately is that people are getting jobs. It's just not that fast turnaround like before. It's not like people aren't getting jobs. It just depends on what sector. Like anything in TA or HR, the turnaround time on that's far longer than, let's just say, if you were someone in tech. I would say talent mm-hmm. acquisition versus just HR. Because yeah, there are plenty so. of business partner positions and generalist positions out there. I've even I've even tried to apply for those. And you don't get callbacks on them because everybody's looking for experience in the HRVP side. And that's the other thing. Being in TA, you have a lot of that experience. And like, especially if you came from the agency side, because a lot of that transitions over. A lot of those functions that the HRBPs were doing was with, you know, with the recs and making sure that their teams are you know, staying compliant and those types of things, account managers and managing directors had to do that on the agency side. It's not like those skills don't transition over. It's just that it's very difficult for people to see that. And so if you apply and you don't have HRVP or HR business partner on your resume, nine times out of 10, you're probably not going to get through. Let's talk about talent acquisition. There are quite a few people who are getting jobs. That's hopeful. They're in different industries, different departments for sure. But we know that talent acquisition specifically has been changed. It's different. I mean, I see it looking at positions for internal communications, even talent talent brand. As we're thinking about talent acquisition being, being an area that is finding it a little bit more challenging because there aren't as many positions. And then looking at the, we talked about the pivot sometime before, The pivot for talent acquisition. Let's talk about just some of the challenges that that you've seen from the talent acquisition side and maybe the difficulties there. I mean, like you said, there's 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 open roles, but there's not enough open roles. And then the other problem is is we don't even know if they're real roles. Because right now it's imperative for a lot of companies to keep showing growth even when it's not. So their their evaluation doesn't drop. Because that's the first thing you look at when you're researching a company or if you're invested in a company. Are they growing? And you you kind of look at that through headcount. But if there's no TA, that's one issue. But the, here's the other thing. The TA roles that are, are real or whatever you want to call them, I can tell you right now that the, the resumes aren't even being looked at. Because mm-hmm. like generally if a recruiter is doing their due diligence and they're looking at a resume and then you put it in your LinkedIn, you can see when somebody hits your LinkedIn. That's not happening. There's not enough roles for the number of TA people that have been displaced. And so it's kind of like a rat race or it's like a free-for-all right now. Second question you asked was about the pivot. Just like you, I've noticed that there's a whole bunch of HRBP or HR business partner roles open. But that also makes you kind of think, like, why are there so many HRBP roles open right now? Because as we all know, the HRBP roles are the ones that kind of do, or they're the ones that kind of are the voice when a layoff is happening. They're the ones Mm -hmm. that kind of notify everybody, hey, you're getting laid off or whatever, especially if it's in mass. 
the other piece of it is, is just to keep the peace. Like, hey, there was a rift, but we need to bring in people that understand compliance and what you can say and can't say, those types of things. Now, I've applied to HOVPs. The problem with even those is, and also I've also had conversations with a couple of people within the HR business partner management and director level side. And the number one concern for a lot of people in TA is that, hey, you don't have any actual experience with HRVP or mm-hmm. they want you to go get the, uh, the certification. Mm-hmm. But that damn certification costs anywhere from five to seven, six grand. A lot of people right now don't have those funds to drop towards a certification to get the SHRO certification. So it's kind of like, how do you pivot? What are you supposed to do to pivot? When I look at HRBP roles specifically, since those are the ones that I am seeing quite a few of, I don't think that it has to do with companies shoring up HRBP so they can manage layoffs. I actually think it makes sense for companies Mm -hmm. that have, and they probably spent a lot of their efforts before on the talent acquisition side to bring people in. Then when layoffs happen, they need HRBPs in the role to help manage the strategy that what I love to call when I look at HRBPs is they are the perfect liaison between the HR function and the actual business size. Many of them understand uh, okay, yeah, I'm on the HR side, but I'm also the li- liaison for sales or for marketing or for technology. They are that in-between, that mediator, so to speak. They have mm-hmm. a keen understanding of the department, but they have a huge and even better understanding of the people within the department. And sometimes they do a better, and maybe I shouldn't say a better job, but they are in a position to work with staff in a way that sometimes their managers aren't even able to do. I wonder if that's why so many aren't being selected because maybe they don't have any, you know, a larger background in a specific area of a department or have more experience in the HR function. They do a lot and understanding not just bringing people in, not just thinking about compensation, but also adding to succession planning and where a person will be, will grow, should this person be promoted. So I wonder if that plays a portion of it. Yeah. And I mean, if you're, if you're pure TA, I completely understand. I mean, it might, there may be certain skills that you're lacking, but if it's like a, you know, mid-level HRBP role or something like that, TA has to play a lot of that. I mean, they do that, especially if you spend any time either in account management on the agency side, or if you've been a managing director on the agency side, you have to do all of those things. I'm kind of at a loss for words in regards to HRBP applications and how to kind of even get into the door over there. A lot of the roles that I have seen, they're they're looking for specific experience as an HRBP or HR business Mm -hmm. partner or whatever else. The initial question was, is how do you pivot or can you pivot? I haven't seen it yet. I mean, that's just my personal experience. I believe that a lot of people, when they look at the HR function, most Mm -hmm. people just talk about human resources or the people department. They aren't talking about the many functions within that human resources department. There are some things, especially around benefits, and then you have compensation. Benefits and compensation, they're together, but each one really is separate. And you want someone that has some specifics and a background and experience in one or the other, or both. 
but yeah, it's a, it's a lot that goes into, especially based on the size of an organization. There's a lot that yeah. would be happening with say benefits alone. Hey, Ron, what, what are your thoughts about talent acquisition and recruiting where it is right now? And just that particular role. So I still think that there's just, I mean, it's, you know, as you're looking on, on LinkedIn, I see a lot more managers, directors advertising their own jobs, going out, trying to generate activity for them. So that tells me you've still got a big gap that hasn't been backfilled. I think you still have mm-hmm. so many TA people that have not been, you've had a bunch laid off, not a lot rehired, and companies are trying to fill that gap with what they have in place, whether it be, you know, HRBPs, which are probably broader in scope, like I said, your managers, which we know all know at some point that pulls them away from their day job once they start getting flooded with all these resumes. Mm-hmm. I think there's a just a big mess still waiting to be untangled. It'll be interesting 100%. to see the changes once they hire back, how it changes. I mean, you already are seeing the effect of when you submit, not getting responses. And that was something that took years to fix of even if they were canned responses, the, the industry had adapted at least and started sending those versus complete ghost, but it's gone back to that now just because there's such a, a vacuum there. So it'd be interesting to see how long that goes before they start hiring them back in or contracting them out or, or what have you. But this, yeah. anytime I see managers doing that that frequently, it's not, and it's, yeah, I'm seeing big companies, American Airlines and, and places like that, that got multiple multiple managers doing that not just the small companies so which means that they don't have the staff typically to support we're always going to be looking for that tipping point and we may be looking at it pretty quickly uh, especially if people are trying to advertise positions getting the resumes and if they're trying to do all of it at once the other option that comes to mind is because they're trying to fill these positions, are they missing out on the employee engagement side? Could they be so focused on trying to hire that they aren't managing and dealing with and listening to their current staff as well? I mean, it's taking away from what they were hired to do in the first place. Let's just say if you're a manager in the product engineering side, like what exactly are you engineering if your time is going specifically into looking over your own resumes and doing all of these things? It's going to cause a lot of burnout, even within the teams that you don't want to cause burnout. Because, yeah. you know, like like you were saying, like the tipping point is coming where a lot of the internal team members are going to start feeling the pain of having or not having additional people being able to work on some of these things and the, the teams can't hire so then they're going to try to do this even with the remaining ta members that are in there like once they start seeing a lot of turnover and then they got to keep up with that turnover it's not going to it's not going to be good yeah and the vacuum will have to be filled somewhere i mean again it's, it's a question yeah. of how long how long can it go or will it go i'm already starting to see things about people just you know even in this time they're like the hell with this and we're just walking out walking out of the job yeah, mm. not even having anything lined up. They're so burnt out with like the extra hours and, you know, being forced to come back into the office and pick up and leave things. And what happened over the last four years was a real eye opener to a lot of people. You can still get work done and not have to facilitate what the corporations want. And again, I'm not saying this in a negative way, but 
you're, you're forcing people to just be more stressed out. You're forcing people to be more anxious about even their day to day and like their job. They're there for eight to 10 hours a day, if not longer. And if that's the majority of their day from the time they wake up to the time that they get home. And then like you got some people that have to make an hour, hour and a half long transits into their jobs because of traffic and everything else. Like what exactly is going on? Last four years showed people that, hey, you don't have to go through that and still be very productive at work. And they had a high level of support, which is just not there anymore. And it, again, it's just going to cause a lot of burnout. It has already. It does cause a really interesting dynamic or dynamic just because you may have those people who are frustrated and tired of it and walking out or what have you, but you've got 50 people right behind and waiting to, to sit in that seat. This has done a shift back to <clears throat> the corporations to, from a control standpoint, you've got all these offices, office space and buildings and things that were you're sitting empty because you're allowing people to work from home, but you're still paying for them. So now is the perfect opportunity to say, just come on in anyhow, just, be, just because, you know, we've proven that it's not necessary. We can do it just because, and if you don't like it, there's plenty of others behind you that are willing to do it now, but yet, you know, you've got a market that just keeps <laughs> doing crazy stuff. There's still a lot of speculation versus the reality of what's going on out there. There's one sector that particularly has not been hit yet, and it's just blowing my mind as how is that even possible? The housing market. It's just been such an imbalance in that market for so long of supply and demand. And like I said, those who are in them may have wanted to get out of them, but they're not now, not with the rates like they are. So it's creating yeah. a pinch and a squeeze. One of the things to consider is where. Where are people buying houses? What it seems like is happening in Southern California is there are plenty of houses and people are buying houses. Now, this is a shift as well. This is something my dad and I were talking about. We know that there were several property property investors that were buying up all the houses at one time. Mm -hmm. And that's not happening anymore. Some people feel like, oh, now I can get in there. A lot of these companies are forcing people back into the offices. A lot of people moved out of the big cities into rural areas so they wouldn't have to you know, just have a better life or whatever. Instead of being a remote rule now, it was like either hybrid or in the office space. And so a lot of people are being forced to move back in. There's a big shift going on again from what happened during COVID where people were just going out buying homes to get away from the larger cities or whatever else. And now they're being pulled right back into it. There's a lot of stuff going on and there's yep. no, there's no real true rhyme or reason. You can't justify it as easily as it was like, oh, if this, then that, that's not the mm -hmm. case anymore. I think I say this probably every other episode. We really need to consider how the pandemic played into all of this, not just from the standpoint of what, what we had, but a shift in general and overall behavior a shift in how we purchased, a shift in how we consumed, a shift in how we looked at, even as you were saying, Ron, remote work. Will you be able to find all the people that you need that you're hiring for in your city when before they were in another city and you were okay with that? That's another thing that I wonder if companies are really looking at. You could hire across state lines and even globally, and it wasn't that big of a deal. Now, if you're looking for someone, say, highly specialized, are they in your area? And not only that, here's the other kicker. If you really want them, 
Say there's a small population of highly specialized people in an area. If mm -hmm. you want them and they aren't in your area, guess what? You're going to have to either allow for a remote or you're going to have to offer a relocation package. If you thought about costs before, people aren't looking at relocation the same way either. A lot of leaders, people in management roles, they haven't really considered the consequences of some of the choices. And I'm not talking about layoffs. I'm saying consequences of how do we move forward? They better start I thinking mean, about it. A lot of that is speculation too, right? If they did think about it, like what exactly did they think about? We all know that we have to forecast. And when mm -hmm. we speculate, forecasting is basically speculation, but we have to look at it on both sides. That may be one of the things that they haven't had to do before. Maybe a lot of leaders in these roles now have not had to look at forecasting because all was well, everything was good. Now it's a whole different story. Ron, let me ask this question. And we may have talked about it before, but it bears repeating and it bears another conversation. With so many talent acquisition folks who are looking for work, what should they think about and how should they approach coming back to the office? Until people can get in, they're going to they're going to have to look at different roles. They're going to have to look at different positions. And that always happens when we have these downturns. We see such a dump of PA people change, just get out. Especially if they go through a couple of these. There's the uncertainty that goes along with it. The Obviously, the longer the downturn, the more people are going to get out and get scared of it and say, I'm never going back again. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the the process starts all over. You start bringing in new people, training them up, do the job, and it just keeps going in a circle. But I, I think that's what a lot of people will have to do. You just have to look at, okay, I don't define myself as purely TA. What else What else have I learned in that space that I can translate and do other places or just start at the bottom and start over and work your way up to something else? Because there's just definitely no signs of any quick turnaround on this to absorb all that's out there. I mean, when it's like anything else, when it's good, it's good, and it's bad, it's bad, and these cycles, I mean, they don't come around super often, but when they do, it can take it a while to, to clear out. We know that companies probably will go to the staffing piece first before they get back to the internal PA hiring. So that's, that's the other thing that people need to be preparing themselves for. If they want to stay in the space, that's where they need to start looking sooner than the corporate space. But even that, even in that area, it's still, it's still waiting for the pop. I've heard a lot of companies starting to lay out people right now even on the agency yeah. side it's like you said i mean people are going to start jumping and going into different areas and things like that it's just what exactly is it yeah i'm already seeing people that i know that's the space that they've been in starting to change their mm -hmm. add to their titles you know of what else they can be and have done or want to do which is obviously i think the smart thing to do I mean, i've been doing a ton of different stuff that has nothing to do with that space just because of the way the market is so I started taking more certification programs again, doing all kinds of things. I mean, I love being in TA. I'm not going to lie. I love IT. I love TA. Now, if I can continue doing both, that'd be great. It sounds a little disheartening. But I just don't know if it's possible right now. It definitely is not possible right now to absorb all that's been dumped into it. There's no doubt. Even when you have connections at places that just really can't help move the ball for you. I mean, that's just, it is what it is. People that can attest to your abilities and capabilities. If it's not there, it's just not there. So you 
you just gotta find something else in the intro. I, I, mean, I, I enjoy it. I truly enjoy it, but yeah. I also know you can't sit on and wait on it forever to come back. I mean, I've made as many sacrifices as I possibly can right now. And like I don't know if I can make any more, to be completely honest. It's a very weird time. And then that's when you start having these weird conversations to yourself, like what did I do to get into this situation or what can I do to fix the situation? And then we keep talking about a pivot, but even when you try to pivot, it's kind of like, all right, well, how? How do I get into that? Because like when people aren't necessarily looking at your resumes or like there's so many jobs out there that are just getting flooded. Even if I transitioned over into being a developer again, I could. I still have my skill set and things like that. But because I've been out of that space for such a long period of time, I'm looking at taking a junior dev job. Even if I was doing something in the cybersecurity space again, which, you know, it's going to take a heavy lift to get back into that because though so many things have changed over the past, you know, 12 years since I've done it last. I don't know. And then even if you apply for an HRVP, like we were talking about before, they're not, if you don't have the experience within that space, how do you get into it? And that's the, so like, it's like that, you know, the chicken before the egg or the egg before the chicken kind of scenario, right? Like, how do I get the experience if you don't give me a shot? And I know a lot of people are asking the same question right now. I think, I mean, I think really the best starts... person to answer to that is you, Nicole. Why me? Why me? Why me to answer that question? Uh, the first thing is for folks who are in a position, and uh, this is just, I think this is something that my mother taught me a long time ago, is if you're only focused on one thing, you miss out on so much and so many other things. So make sure that you are well-rounded and when you have to pivot you are prepared to pivot versus oh my gosh what do i do if you are in a talent acquisition role my suggestion is look at some other other opportunities some other areas of interest that you can start doing some some work in and even within companies and i've said this before the companies that I really champion, I celebrate are those that will allow people to stretch. They won't just say, this is what you do. This is all or, all that you're doing. Those are the companies that say, well, what else would you like to know? What other areas are of interest to you? And then they give them the opportunity either through mentorship within the company, through job share. I mean, we don't even talk about that as an option. How do you allow someone within your organization from an employee engagement standpoint to stretch and learn something else outside of what they do? For those who are not in a position right now and they're looking, it, it's time to do an assessment. What is it that you have been doing? What have you been doing for the last five years? If you have more experience before five years, what else do you have experience in? And is there any way to tie those two together? And also really an assessment of what has changed. A lot of things have changed. Find out what those are and then spend some time researching it. A lot of where we get into positions, it's not always just the experience. It's also having a keen knowledge of a particular area as well. If I were looking for now, this would be, this is a stretch, but I'm going to use it as an example. If I were looking to get into cybersecurity, one of the first things that I want to do is make sure I am doing and learning as much as I can 
about that industry, looking at forecasting, looking at trends, understanding it, talking to people, and then also understanding who are the key players and following them and learning from them. And while I may not have any experience in that area, having a keen knowledge will help in moving into into an area that you've never been in before because that knowledge you can start applying to experience. That's definitely what I would talk about. The other thing that we talked about, I think AJ, you mentioned it on a previous episode was about relocating. And granted, here's a challenge. Not everybody's financially able to relocate. That's the first thing. I would say, keep it in the back of your mind. And also if there's, it may not be, oh, I can up and move this way. But is there, this is how I relocated back to the U.S. from Canada. I stayed with a friend until I, until I found my own place. I stayed with a friend. Is that possible? There are a lot of things that we, we need to think about as this change is going. It's very interesting. I think people have to start looking at doing, I mean, that's what I'm doing, right? Doing multiple things, not just this is my job, my one job, this is the only job I do, anything else is a, a hobby or a, just a project. I think if people start looking at, you know, how can I do three or four or five different things that amount to a full-time thing that bring in money and, 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 and provide some stability and productive use of their time. I think that's, if people haven't been thinking about that and doing it, I think they really need to start. Who knows what that can open up to? Yeah. I think that's, definitely should be front of mind for a lot of people. Agree. Do you think recruiters currently in the job market will make changes to the recruiting process once they're back in? I sure hope so. We're often given the chance to affect change once we've experienced it. And it will be interesting to see how those currently looking for work will change the process for job seekers in the future. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to Tip That Scale wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you.